Sensitivity is my weakness. Sensitivity is strength. Vulnerability is strength. You know the what's up y'all welcome back to vulnerable vibes it's your girl jazz and as you can see by the title we're doing something a little different today we have a special guest we are having a conversation with dr antoinette edmonds so if you're not familiar with her she is a licensed mental health counselor and a marriage and family therapist in the state of florida and she's also a licensed professional counselor in the state of georgia she is the owner of Seeking Solutions of South Florida. She's a speaker, entrepreneur, a self-care fanatic, and she's also a TikTok sensation. With over seven years of clinical experience, she's a very passionate therapist who strives to improve the quality of life of those who she works with. She practices with a strength-based approach, and she strives to empower every person that comes in contact with her. So we're going to have a conversation with Dr. Antoinette Edmonds today about communication. We're going to be talking about communication skills, communication styles, um, healthy communication and relationships, what that looks like, how to achieve that. We're going to be talking about our own personal experience regarding communication. And I'm going to be asking her some questions that I know some of you would like to know, especially coming from a therapist. So hopefully you guys enjoy this conversation. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We have a special guest. Hi, Antoinette. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, no, thank you for having me. I do appreciate, you know, being a part of this today. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, okay. I, I was introduced to you on TikTok. <laughs> Your <laughs> videos are so funny, so <laughs> relatable. Um, so yeah, introduce yourself to us. Tell us a little Thank bit. Thank you. Likewise, your videos too. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize you had like a following. I love your style of videos too on TikTok. So I'm okay. definitely a fan too. So um, I'm Antoinette. Some people call me Antoinette. Some people call me Tony. Some people add doc in front of it. Doesn't necessarily matter. Um, so I'm a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Florida and a licensed professional counselor in the state of um, Georgia. I'm also a nationally certified counselor. And so currently what I do, I have um, a private practice where I work with individuals and couples. Um, with a variety of issues, whether that is um, relationship conflict, self-esteem, grief, infidelity, or like what we're talking about today, communication issues. So that's typically what my practice focus on. I work with more like high um, functioning adults. Um, I have some individuals who struggle with like, you know, the depression and suicide from time to time, but mainly like high functioning adults. Okay, that's awesome. What led you to this profession? Like, what was it that made you get into this field? Oh, my gosh, my experience in college, I had like several crazy experiences in college, it um, mainly had to do with a guy. <laughs> um, so I had uh, several experiences, crazy experiences um, in college, including losing my dad during that time. And so one of my teachers, one of my professors who I was actually very close with, she introduced me to um, the therapist on, uh, on campus and they were actually friends. And so from that moment, my freshman year, 
Like I, that was my first introduction to counseling and what that was. So I have a bachelor's in journalism because I was like seeking a degree in journalism. And I tell people all the time, I really don't remember what my counselor at that time said to me. I can only remember how she made me feel. And that was that moment I was like, this is what I want to do. So after graduating from undergrad, I went to pursue a degree in mental health. Wow, thank you for sharing that. Thank and I'm you. sorry for your loss. I'm sorry to no, hear no that. Problem. It's good to hear like how an experience, I like what you said, you don't really remember what she said, but it's just how she made you feel. Yeah. That impacted you to lead you to do that. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. Yeah, thank you. So um, let's get into communication, communication skills, communication styles. So what are, like, what is communication in your words? Like, what is the importance of communication, especially when it comes to relationships? Yeah. Listen, communication is how we operate just in the world. So we know that communication, communication is a style, how we interact and exchange information with people. So whether that's verbally or non-verbally. So, you know, it's not just about like the words that we use, but communicating can be, communication can be body language, facial expressions, um, and it has a different meaning for all of us. So um, the first thing that stands out to me when I think of communicating is like, how can I get my message across to uh, the other person or other parties that I want, you know, that I want to share this information with? Right. I think we all in some way struggle with communication, um, <laughs> especially me. Prior to my therapy and just working on myself, I think I had like um, a passive aggressive slash <laughs> passive communication style. Um, can you speak a yeah. little about that style of communication? Yeah, I can. So, um, you know, I'm up in the air in terms of like, you know, my style of communication. Well, first, I, I, I do want to mention first and foremost, like communication and how we learn to communication start in childhood, like everything, you know, you know, we're taught everything we know, how we behave, behaviors and how we speak and how we think. Mm -hmm. um, it's all primarily impacted like by culture and childhood influences. And so um, depending on, you know, what type of environment you grew up in, you know, determines how you learn to communicate. And so for me, you know, um, I would like to think in, in a mature world that I'm assertive, you know, assertive is a style of communication, but I can just all honestly admit at times I'm a very uh, uh, passive, <laughs> you know, um, communicator, which, you know, it's not always the best way to be. And I try to correct myself, but typically when people are passive, um, what I say, passive aggressive, when they, um, when they're communicating with someone, um, sometimes it's because they're trying to avoid conflict or confrontational confrontation, but like not avoid it at the same time. They're kind of like afraid just to say like, okay, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. This is what the problem is. And so they'll say it in a very indirect way. Um, and for some people, you know, people don't respond well to passive aggressiveness. And again, I can be honest with myself and say at times, you know, um, I'm passive aggressive. And sometimes, you know, that can come off as sarcasm um, or manipulative. But of course, I think one of the best primary styles of communicating is being assertive. And I think that, you know, you have to learn to be that way. That's just my opinion. Though. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm still working on being assertive because I'm not like we're not always going to be on point every time. Because different yeah. situations call for different reactions. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I find myself now kind of like what you said I was passive aggressive before and aggressive but now I'm just more so passive because now I'm like you know what I know what this is gonna lead to I know where this is coming from I'm just gonna keep quiet yes might not be the best all the time but it works sometimes no it does it does I feel like um when it comes to like communicating communication styles especially like the passive aggressive style it can it can be unhealthy you know but I think for me again recognizing like okay this is not I'm not getting my point across you know I'm not really saying what I truly feel um and so yeah, really trying to learn how to like directly communicate what you want to say instead of beating around the bush is always the best way to go. Yeah. <laughs> um. So where do you think like, okay, in regards to our childhood, obviously everything goes back to that. But when it comes to communication, like how is our communication developed during our childhood? Like what is it that we see? What is it that we experience that kind of leads to us having these communication styles or issues or skills? Well, I think it all starts with, you know, whether it's your parents or caregivers in their interactions with you. You know, um, I hear people say all the time, I know my fiance for one, he's not a very, I'm a very vocal person. And so um, I think he's a good communicator when I'm trying to pull it out him. But, you know, um, over the years I've learned like just, you know, he wasn't in an environment where like speaking up you know, was a thing or saying how you feel. And I think culture and race play a huge part of that because depending on what race and culture you grew up in, you know, um, as a child, you know, you may be seen as like, you know, talking back if you're sharing like how you feel or speaking up is just like your feelings are not validated. And so I think as a child, you know, your parent or caregiver kind of like, you know, um, cultivate that space where you feel like confident that's where you grow and become confident in communicating as well. You feel confident in, in speaking your truth and how you feel. Um, I, I you hear sometimes where people, or I've heard people when kids fall or something and they cry and a parent or a caregiver immediately say like, that doesn't hurt, stop crying. You know what I'm saying? So you're already sending a message and a signal that, you know, how you're feeling right now is not the truth. You don't feel hurt. It, you know, get up, stop crying. Um, and or some parents just don't give their children that space to say like, well, how do you, how are you feeling? How did that make you feel? If anything, you're kind of told how you should feel, depending on certain um, environments where I feel like a healthy environment. I don't have children yet, but when I do have children, I can see me very early on, you know, creating the space where my kid is you know, able to say, this is how I feel, this hurts, so I don't like this, you know what I'm saying? So they can feel confident, they can grow confident in communicating their wants and their needs to other people. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and just like kind of looking back on my own, my own childhood, I think that I definitely had a space to express myself, but my like what I expressed was not always validated yeah it was like okay you can tell me how you feel but you're the child at the end of the day and I'm the adult so I mean you can say it but uh it holds no weight <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean so that taught yeah. me from an early age that like you know your feelings are not always going to be valid and that yeah. created a sense of like fear within me which is what led me to be passive aggressive in certain situations and relationships because like I don't know if what I'm saying is going to be validated and I yeah. don't like confrontation based on you know my childhood so I'm just gonna say it in indirect ways 
and hopefully you pick up on the cues and <laughs> and you lead the conversation but, yes but that can be like unhealthy like you yeah said. or again like in turn turn um someone into like a an aggressive communicator you know that's like aggression or aggressiveness it's like a style of communication too and so like you know when you feel like no one listened to you growing up or you weren't able you didn't have that space to really talk about how you feel you just grow up and you just become like very aggressive to other people when they're talking about their wants and their needs um you know so I think that that can also like breed aggressiveness in um communicating yeah, definitely. Um, so what about people who grew up in abusive homes? Mm -hmm. I know, for example, I grew up in a kind of a verbal abusive space, which led me to just fear confrontation. Um, and honestly, it, it led me in two ways. So a part of me fears I don't like confrontation because I grew up in it, right? But then the other part of me, like, I don't know how to well before <laughs> I didn't know how to express myself because it was either I kept it in or I was aggressive like I didn't know how to find that medium yeah um, so what what like kind of information can you give to people who grew up in abusive homes and find themselves just toggling between the two being aggressive and not wanting to like recreate you know what they grew up in yeah, I mean, I get it. Sometimes when I think about that, like I think about people like trying to play it safe, um, you know, as a as a therapist working with um, clients who may struggle with like communicating because they grew up in that that type of home type of home. What I notice, I've seen them either it's like an extreme, either they become like, um, again, overly aggressive and communicating and or passive or they do the complete opposite opposite and just like shut down they're not communicating at all instead of like you know um trying to improve that and I think it's one a lot of his learned behavior but two it takes a lot of uh, awareness to to change that you know like there's no one right way how to communicate you know um better or learn how to communicate better but I think the start is like acknowledging like okay something needs to improve you know like I have an unhealthy style of communication and I need to learn to be more assertive um you know just in my relationships and not really just be a mirror of like what I went through growing up you know what I experienced but I think a lot of people have to have that awareness although I feel like people that are aggressive and communicating or passive aggressive like you know that you're pa passive or you don't you know that you don't have the best style of communicating but some people just don't want to change it but if you like if it resonates with you that you know I have a healthy style of communicating I think you have to like be willing to learn to do that and I think and in order to learn the first thing you need to learn to like stop and just listen, listen to what's being said, you know, from the other person that's trying to communicate with you. Um, just being open to discussing because sometimes, you know, people, I, where was, I mean, I hear this all the time. People say like, you're listening uh, to respond, but not really to just like hear me out and hear what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, instead of listening to respond, but, like listen to like, you know, um, uh, curiosity and I'm open to discussing. Um, I think that that's a signal that, you know, you're making improvement with your like communication. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think active listening helped me a mm -hmm. lot because sometimes I would interpret things in, in a way that it wasn't said because I was just not listening. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes we just get caught up in our emotion and we don't really 
sit and just, okay, let me just hear what this person is saying because they might not be saying it the way I'm thinking they're saying it. Mm -hmm. It can lead to me to communicate either aggressively or passively or passive aggressively. So yeah, listening is key for sure. That is key. That is key. You are a relationship therapist, right? Mm -hmm. So have you ever had clients um, come in with like two completely different communication styles. Um, oh my gosh! All how the time. did you like, help them navigate through that? Like, yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, that's you know the communication and the communication styles is usually like a, a sign of the of the of a breakdown in the relationship. Like you can typically tell the breakdown in the relationship what's happening, what's going wrong by how the how both parties are communicating. You know, one party could be communicating, overly communicating, if that's a thing, or aggressively communicating while I have the other partner, again, who's like completely passive or, you know, maybe a little timid so they don't feel comfortable speaking up um, and navigating that. And I have, you know, I see that a lot with couples, um, especially when there's one who's a little more aggressive and one who kind of take the backseat. So even in sessions, you know, I have to use that as a time where it's like, okay, no, like you're actually not going to be the one speaking this time. He or she's going to speak because, you know, you're over talking to them, your tone, you're loud. And so um, it can be really difficult to navigate because again, um, when you're seeing adult couples and, you know, they're usually kind of set in their ways and how they've learned to communicate is how they've always, you know, communicated. So trying to get them to see like, hey, your style of communicating, do you see how this person is responding to it or not responding to it? This is something that needs to change. That can be really difficult at times um, because, again, especially if one person who's passive aggressive or aggressive, like they're not trying to hear it at all. You know, that can be difficult, but I feel like once I get get the couple to a place or when, once they get themselves to a place where they're able to hear one another and communicate in a style or communicate in a way that's, you know, inviting, that's kind of when I see some change. That's typically when I see change. Yeah. So it basically, it really just starts with the person wanting to accept and acknowledge how their communication might not be as healthy and just, yeah you know making those strides to change it yeah and being willing to listen to the other person um because um <clears throat> again um for me for an example i know i'm more of a vocal person and my fiance is not so because i'm vocal i'm really good and articulate you know with my words which i have to check myself like okay let's not be manipulative or let's not you know kind of bark because i know he's not going to do that and just kind of say okay i'm going to let him take the lead on the conversation so i think when in, in relationships when one person is typically you should re, uh reverse roles is what i'm saying you know the person who's not typically the lead should take the lead in the conversation and communicating while the other person is taking a back seat and listening to what the person other person is saying yeah, that makes yeah. a sense. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, I kind of resonate with you a little bit, but just reversed. So my <laughs> boyfriend, he's very assertive. He says what he <laughs> do, says what he wants. When it's an issue, he want to talk about it right then and there. He's not waiting. <laughs> I'm a little more, you know, like I said, passive or passive <laughs> aggressive. So I need time because yeah. if, not, if I react right away, it's going to come out aggressive. But, yeah. And if I spend too much time thinking about it, it's going to be passive aggressive. <laughs> so 
so I'm we're like complete opposite and um in the beginning of our relationship it was a little difficult like navigating through that because I don't want to talk about it right now I don't know how I feel <laughs> and I don't want to communicate it in a very bad way and then when yeah. he pushed me to, to like do or talk about issues because you know his communication is just he's just ready all the time <laughs> and it, it was hard like working through that it was really yeah. hard working through that yeah, that can be difficult. And I've learned like it can sometimes be intimidating too. That's why and that's, you know, that's me acknowledging that and saying, like, hey, let like let's take a step back. Cause either he's gonna shut down and not say nothing, or you know, let me just let me just back down a little bit. And you know, then you come around and, and you communicate better. But um that's interesting because like an aggressive um uh, partner versus like having being in a relationship with someone who's passive. Lord, that could be a scene sometimes. Yeah, he, he definitely, ha I mean, I don't want to say he was completely aggressive, but just yeah. compared to what I, compared to my style, it was definitely way more aggressive. And he just had to learn, like, I, I, I can't operate that way. So we have to come to a medium and just, you know, do what works for us. But he definitely has helped me become more assertive you know and yeah communicating better do you feel like relationships can help you work on your communication styles like absolutely outside of just you working on them yourself do you feel like you know really yeah absolutely um you know I, I mean relationships can definitely help with um you know working on your communication style I mean that's one way you because you know I, I like to tell people all the time how you show up like at work or how you show up in your relationship is how you show up in life and what I mean by that if you're showing up aggressive or passive aggressive or assertive in your relationship you're typically showing up like that in life you know how you interact with just everyday people and so um your relationship is a good place and good time to kind of try to like how can I say this work through those things, work through those communication issues. Because if I'm passive with you, nine times out of 10, when I'm work, I'm passive too. And we know that this type of communication style really won't get me far. And so I think, you know, your relationship, you can work through that. Obviously, I think it's important to have like a, a partner who's understanding and patient um, and a partner who can how can I say, not throw it in your face, but call you on it and say like, hey, you know, you're doing this again, or you're speaking this way again, or you are speaking to me in this tone again. Um, I know of, of a couple who, who've been working on communicating, gosh, they've been together for a long time, but still, you know, they've been trying to work on communicating, but it seemingly is getting worse, you know? Um, so for her, she's like, you know, he's still talking at me. Uh, we we went to a therapist, we spoke to several people, you know, but it's not seemingly getting better. So, you know, in your relationship, you can definitely use your relationship to work on your communication and whether or not it gets better or not, that's typically up to you if you really want to change it, you know? Yeah, I love what you said. I never even looked at it that way. How you show up in your relationships is how you show up in like your everyday life. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense because- you interact with people every day like yeah like you said whether it's at work whether it's <laughs> your friends family like you you you're always interacting with people and so mm -hmm. within every reaction it just goes back to how you how you interact with your partner yeah yeah and people usually experience you the same way so mm -hmm. you know when I tell people that you know that's how you show up in life and how you show up in life 
It's how people experience you. And so, you know, if you're if you're showing up as someone who's just not easy, not kind, you know, um, that promotes like fear in people, um, no one is going to want to interact with you that way or you're going to get that same energy right back. You know what I'm saying? So like it's just about like awareness. I think awareness just is like super important. Um, and when it comes to communicating, because we're all different human beings, we all have different communicating styles. I think one just has to be open to learning the other person's communication styles for things to kind of work out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to our parents, right? <laughs> because we can't change who our parents are, unfortunately, right? Yeah. So how, like, let's say you have a client, they've worked on their communication within their own relationship, just within themselves, but they're still struggling communicating with their parents um because mm -hmm. of the their parent may have really unhealthy communication styles and just ways that they communicate like what kind of information would you give to your client who's struggling with this yeah I think that the communicating with par uh, parents is sometimes typically more difficult than trying to communicate with your partner because as I mentioned like you know Adults are setting their ways, definitely parents, you know, and depending on what generation, like parents can be very much set in their ways. And then sometimes it's like when you're speaking to them, it's like you're speaking in cursive, <laughs> you know, like they have no clear idea of what you're talking about. So I see that a lot. Um, and I see that that being a lot more challenging for people uh, to want to go because parents see it as a challenge when you're challenging, like, hey, you know, um, what you're saying to me, I don't, I don't like that, or I don't respect that, or I don't accept that, you know, parents sometimes got to deal with like that pushback. And so, um, you know, I, I respect people who go up against that, who take on that challenge. Um, because again, a lot of the reasons why we're in therapy, uh, nine times out of 10, it stems somewhere, some back, somewhere back to the childhood, right? So people that's willing to come, adults willing to come into therapy to go even that far back into childhood, um, particularly like with their parents and be willing to like confront those things, that takes a lot of courage. So, you know, um, for me as a clinician, I think one is like, validating my client's experience when they're talking about their parents and two, like helping them get that courage and confidence to say like, hey, you need to communicate this to your parent because if not, nothing's gonna change. If anything, <laughs> your parent is gonna try to stay the same. You know, they're stuck in their ways. They feel like that they have the right way. So you really have to be confident and comfortable with like communicating what your needs and your wants are as an adult child. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree it definitely takes a lot of courage because you're walking into something that sometimes you already know how it's going to end but you still are like I'm just gonna do it I'm just gonna say it I'm just gonna how you know I'm just gonna see how it goes so it definitely <laughs> takes a lot of courage because um sometimes our parents can become predictable we've known them all our life and they're set in their ways <laughs> but something that my therapist told me was sometimes you never can assume how a person is going to react to how you communicate with them yeah that day they may be open to how you communicate you know what I mean that day they may be listening more so that's true uh, yeah so something that I've always done just goes back to my passiveness I would assume that this person wouldn't understand me and so that would justify me being passive and not saying how I felt and just holding it in but 
you know, you can never really assume how a person is going to listen or react to you. That's true. That's very true. I, I mean, that, that's actually a good point because like, you know, I think that in a, in, a, in a good world, we feel like we can, we would wish we can control someone's reaction or how they perceive right. things, but everybody perceives things differently. So yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. Yeah. How can trauma affect how we communicate? Oh my gosh, trauma affects everything about us, right? Um, especially how we communicate, um, depending on what type of trauma it is. Um, it doesn't, and then when I say it affects how we communicate, um, that's verbally and non-verbally, you know, um, whether people, you know, you are spoke to um, in a certain tone. I know for me, uh, for an example, I don't want anyone yelling at me. Something about that put me in fight or flight. So, you know, oh um, even like we talked, like we talked about earlier, like how um, in certain environments, like talking loud could be a cultural thing or, you know, yelling could be a cultural thing. Well, for me, you know, I, I remember like yelling being a signal, a trigger for me growing up saying like, okay, I'm in trouble or I did something wrong. And that would just send me in a frenzy and I would just cry, cry, cry. So as an adult now, when it's yelling involved or I feel like I'm being yelled at, um, either I'm gonna get super aggressive or I'm gonna go in fight flight mode and just like, I'm gonna remove myself. So that's just an example, you know, um, you know, trauma, depending on what the trauma is, we respond to it in that way. Did I do something wrong? Uh, am I gonna get in trouble for this? Um, you know, or you go in that, let me fix it. Let me fix whatever wrong mode, you know, what's wrong mode. But when you feel yourself being triggered, you know, by something like that um, in, in a communication style, acknowledge it, one. Acknowledge like, okay, this is triggering um, something to me. And um, whether you need to remove yourself from a situation. I'm I'm not really big on telling clients to run from situations, but I do understand there are some situations you need to, you know, gracefully remove yourself from that. But the first thing is acknowledge like, hey, something's happening here. But, you know, um, you see it with individuals in the military, you know, loud noises are traumatizing and that could affect how they communicate with other people or communicate their needs and their wants. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, thank yeah. you. That. that makes so much sense. And <laughs> it just goes back to understanding, like you said, um, understanding who you are, who your partner is, whoever it is that you're communicating with. Um, and yeah. I I had to kind of like break down that to my in my relationship. I had to break down to my partner, like, you know, there were things that I went through in my childhood that when you yell or when you are loud, it can trigger me. <laughs> so, <laughs> He has to understand yeah. that and that kind of helped him be more just, you know, just tone it down a little. Yeah. Understand who I am, you know, my past, my past traumas, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And in regards to communication, what are some tips or just, you know, really key things? I mean, you said a lot of key things throughout today, you know, our conversation today, but what are like, if you had to create like a handbook of like your top three tips or things as a clinician um to work on your communication what would it be um spend time number one listening to what other people has to say you know listen you know to hear them out not just to respond um I think 
what's something else? Being straightforward and clear <laughs> in your words and what you want to say. Um, you never want to leave another person trying to guess or figure out, you know, what did you mean by that? Or what are you trying to say? You know, just be straightforward and clear. I think that that could be um, super helpful tone. And that's for myself, the tone, number three, tone, you know, um, check your tone. And I know sometimes when it comes with tone, because um, I, I know people that one of the new trending terms is tone policing, oh, you're tone policing. But, you know, the reality is sometimes tone, some people tone is like out of pocket. And that could, you know, that can have a lot to do with how you were brought up, where you're from, what yeah. your cultural background is. But like, you know, I think checking your tone, um, is helpful too when trying to communicate. And um, let me see, being empathetic to the other person. You know, I think being empathetic in when you're communicating to another person is, is also important and like, you know, your communication style. So those were like, those would be like the tips. If I had to write a handbook on like, you know, communicating and how to start, you know, but definitely I want to really emphasize on being clear because we're not mind readers. Yeah. Um, I know some people, whatever, you know, feel that they are, but we're not mind readers. So, you know, um, I tell people, especially in relationships, I think it's important for you to clearly articulate um, what you're trying to say, because that gives that other person a space to ask and say, you know, to, to ask, can you clear things up? Well, can you tell me what you mean by that? Can you reiterate what you mean by that? You know, that gives another person a, a chance, you know, to make whatever changes they need to make when you're clearly and effectively communicating with them. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> being clear can, not being clear can cause a lot of overanalyzing and that leads to us you know acting out of emotion because where for me for example I would okay they said this that way so that's why they don't like me like they don't want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> they hate me and I'm just like overanalyzing this in my head but they really said it like that just because that's their tone or just because yeah you know they just were really not in the mood something else was going on so I could have just asked, hey, did you mean that within any way? Or mm -hmm. I think asking questions too is a big part of communicating. Absolutely. Um, I, I, in the past, I always thought that um, asking questions would make me, I don't know, look a certain way with, you know, it was just wasn't a thing that I could do. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I've never been taught that, okay, you can ask a question if you're, if you're, not sure how this person may have said what you what they said if it made you feel any way you can ask them yeah um, so when I became an adult and started interacting and realizing like okay let me just ask instead of yeah. over analyzing and asking questions actually helped a lot because sometimes like I said people may not mean it in the way you interpreted it yeah um, yeah it's like, you know, an article I was reading on, you know, along the lines of what you're saying, like, you know, when it comes to communication, being socially aware is important. And would that mean like, you know, pay attention to the other person's like body language, facial expressions. And just based on that conversation, you can kind of like stop to either try to validate their feelings or ask them like, you know, are you understanding? You know what I'm saying? Do you get what I mean? You know, kind of like validate what they feel and, you know, you open that space so they can like ask questions. So, you know, there's not a lot of misinterpretation because it can be misinterpretation when it comes to like tone and 
you know, what you're communicating and what you're not communicating. Yeah, I agree. Um, And I think that with tone, it, like you said, tone has a lot to do with your culture, how you, how you grew up, where you grew up. Um, But I think that a part of being empathetic and just caring about the relationships you have is understanding that, okay, although this is who I am, this is my tone, like this is who I grew up with. Sometimes I may have to adjust it a little bit just because I know this person in my life is a little sensitive or this person in my life is, they just may not understand. They didn't grow up like how I grew up. You know, they have a culture. So I think um, in the past, some people may, well, me in the past, I may have like taken a person's tone too serious or I may have had a tone with someone who didn't understand my tone and so it, it's like both ends. Like I have to now adjust my tone and then I have to say, you know what? This is just a person's tone. <laughs> like, you know, it's like you have to do both sometimes in relationships. Like, yeah, you have to yeah. understand that, okay, this person grew up this way. This is their tone. That they, it's not personal. And then you also have to check your own tone. Like, okay, this person may not understand how I understand this. You know what I mean? So yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be open. That's why I said, I feel like the trending thing, tone policing, like people do tone police in different ways. Um, But then there are some cases I'd be like, well, I can see how you could have said that differently or, you know, how they took that and, you know, ran with that or ran with it in this, you know, type of way. So, um, but it all comes with like you just being open. I feel like being open and aware um, because sometimes you just like literally don't know. Yep. Yeah. So true. Well, it was an amazing conversation. Um, I think communication is, it's not like something that can be done overnight. <laughs> like I know <laughs> I'm still trying to work on how to communicate healthy, effectively, how to be assertive. Yeah. Um, so, you know, thank you for all your, your tips, your tools, your no expert, expert opinion on communication. Um, and is there anything else that you want to leave the listeners with regarding communication? Listen, we're all trying to figure it out, like how to communicate. Uh, I always recommend people to like ask like three or four closest people to them to describe to describe them, they describe their experience of them and how they communicate. And typically based on that feedback, you can you learn a lot about yourself, like okay, this is something I may need to change. If all three or four of these people are saying the same thing about me and how they communicate with me, you know, um, it gives you time to reflect and to see, you know, if there are any changes that you, you know, should be making. So it's just something I like to leave people with just thinking about, you know, a good way to engage with people this closest to you and to look at some, look at a way to improve yourself. Other than that, you know, we're all just like learning, uh, <laughs> you know, this communication thing together and trying to unlearn some of these things. So I appreciate you having me. Um, I definitely, definitely enjoy this conversation when it comes to like communicating. Well, thank you so much. Of um, course. Thank you for having me. <laughs> do you want to share like where can we find you on oh, social sure. media? Um, so, yeah, you can definitely find me on TikTok. Uh, my name on there, my username is Antoinette or Antoinette the Girl Next Door. Um, I can be found on Instagram at Antoinette underscore the girl underscore next door. Um, and my website, you can find me on AntoinetteEdmonds.com. All right. Thanks, Antoinette. No Dr. problem. Antoinette. I'm sorry. Dr. Antoinette. <laughs> no, it's okay. 
All right, y'all. So that wraps up our conversation with Dr. Internet. I hope you all enjoyed this conversation and I'll see y'all in the next episode.